Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Lightning-themed show today as the Oilers get ready to take on the Bolts in Tampa. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer today. Bob uh, expected to be on the broadcast later on tonight. Our coverage on 6.30, Chad, follows the 4 o'clock news, 5.30 puck drop. Cam and Bob on the call right now. We're going to chat with our headliner, brought to you each day by... Wilhawk beef jerky might just be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. It is Brian Lawton who joins us from the NHL Network. Brian, appreciate you taking time. Uh, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Brennan. How are you? Doing well. Excited to watch the Oilers really get tested on this upcoming road trip. And I'm going to defer to you right out of the gate. I'm always going to defer to you. Let me let me state that. But out of the gate here, Brian, as somebody that's followed these Eastern teams this season, and, and really the Eastern teams have kind of been locked into, you know, at least we know who's in the playoffs. If we don't know the standings, we're pretty sure we know who's going to make it. And Tampa's been a big part of that. Um, what lies in wait for Edmonton? These are three real stiff challenges, aren't they? Uh, they certainly are, and uh, we like to call it the triangle of death. The Bermuda Triangle has moved over to land a little bit more, and Tampa's at the tip of the spear in that one, that's for sure, even though they don't necessarily have the record that some of the other teams do. They're not quite there. They're still playing above 700 hockey. That's pretty darn good. But they're the defending Stanley Cup champs. And they have all the elements of what almost every team in the National Hockey League wants to grow into. And that, of course, is a great goaltender, an elite defenseman, and a great group of forwards. And the D is really deep, too. So that's what everybody's aspiring to get to. And it seems like through injuries and everything else, hasn't really affected the Lightning. They're kind of whole hum in their approach at this stage, they know what it takes to win. They're not worried. They've said it publicly about if they finish first overall in their division or even in their conference. Uh, I like the way they do business. 
they have good reason to be confident in themselves. How, as the Oilers group right now, knowing the importance of all of these points to them, the West is so tight and and the Pacific Division even more so, uh, how do you limit the scope? How do you make sure that you're not getting overwhelmed by playing three of the top four teams in succession like that? I feel like the last time Edmonton won in Tampa, I was the general manager. 2009, I think you were. Yes, that's exactly correct. And back then it was a unique formula. The teams that could come in, not get overwhelmed, particularly the teams that, you know, weren't down in the south that much, didn't get overwhelmed by the weather and distractions, played a really tight checking game where the teams that traditionally did well back then, and they're the teams that still do well today. The Lightning, of course, can play any type of game, but this is not the stop to play loose and think you're going to run and gun with this team in their building on the road. Brian, 5-1 and one under Jay Woodcroft, and really they, they looked exhausted against the Wilds. Fifth game in seven nights, and that was a wholesale failure, some pretty egregious turnovers from the back end. But you know what? If you back it out and you look at the entire body of work by the team under Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson, it's been pretty good. Now, do you see any elements of their game with this regime that may be functioning to sort of cover up some of the stuff that was was plaguing them before? And by that, I mean, are they are they experiencing a bump and maybe having the offense help them out as it did in the beginning of the season? Or are you seeing a more well-rounded defensive effort out of this team? You know, I think Jay Woodcroft's done very well, definitely better than pretty good. Five and one in his first six games is better than you could have hoped for. Uh, Rest assured, Ken Holland is very pleased with that, and he should be. Of course, you want to win every game. It doesn't work that way. Specifically, what do I like that they're doing differently? I felt like in the end, the goaltending was so poor for Edmonton. And, you know, I'd talk to the coaching staff occasionally, but I felt like there was so much fear of the poor goaltending that they weren't really attacking near as much as they need to, and they were so defensive in their posture, literally trying not to let shots get through to the goaltenders because they didn't have a ton of confidence as a team. And that stifled them offensively, in my opinion. What I saw Jay Woodcroft do thus far is come in and change that up, be a little bit more on their toes, not so much back on their heels, play a little tighter together, as a five-man unit, um, moving up the ice with better structure than they were before. Dave Tibbetts a great coach, but I just think the continual lack of above-average goaltending really wore on them as a team and it wore on the coaching staff strategically. While Jay doesn't have any of that, he's come in with a fresh attitude, and I think it's been a, a breath of fresh air for the team, and they responded very well through these first five games. I'd throw the game against the Wild out on the basis that, you know, the Wild were waiting in Edmonton for them (laughs) when they were playing on the road. It was the worst of circumstances. Uh, I would have liked to see them play better than they did, but it's clear they were out of gas. So I'd throw that one out, and now the real test begins because there are no excuses and there's nowhere to hide now.
Brendan, in my opinion, for this team. Yeah, and you look at four goals on seven shots, and obviously from the goaltending standpoint, you want more than that, but there was some point-blank looks there, and you could see the, the defeated team. But, uh, you know, I, this... this uh, gauntlet if you will of games here I'm excited to see how they respond and I think that this is probably a series of games where you're looking to to experience just the the excitement and you know how important this is as a player they know if not what the five games mean certainly what these next three and uh I don't think that there should be any reason for them to come out flat despite playing in, in the different time zone. Do you think two days is enough for them to adjust to have been in, in Florida, getting a practice day and then, a, and then the day of travel? I do. These guys are professionals. It's not their first time around the league. Um, I absolutely, I think two days is more than enough. I don't think there's really any, excuse, any excuses for the club. I think it's a chance to really get your feet underneath you. Now, they're going to face three really good teams, but they're all a little bit different in their next three games, at least, before they get to Philadelphia. Tampa's, you know, the deepest, the most well-rounded, and still my favorite to come out of the East. Strong D, strong goaltending, strong forwards. We said that already. Good in all three zones. Florida, good goaltending, very strong group of forwards, a little bit closer to above average, slightly above average, above average decor Carolina uh, not really the star players that the other groups have but a really well-balanced team that can come at you in waves so this is going to be an enormous test how Edmonton handles it uh, it's going to be fascinating to watch I think they'll do better than we think and part of that is human nature because you know now you can go down to Tampa and then swing over and play Florida and jump up a little bit and play Carolina and really get embarrassed if you don't have your A game. I think the players recognize that. I think they'll come out. I think they'll come out and get points in two of these three games for sure, in my opinion. And then looking at the back two against uh, a really laboring Philadelphia side on uh, next Tuesday and then trying to rebound and avenge a loss against Chicago on the tail list. So, uh, you know, you don't want to look past these next couple, but you got to figure like those should be points that you come away with as well. Uh, as far as the goaltending, you know, that you've seen, Brian, I wonder... This is a year where it just the the market is very confusing. I think that if you had talked two weeks ago about this, maybe Kemper was the most likely to move, and now he's become one of the least likely to move. Obviously, I can't see the Oilers making any sort of uh, jump um, towards the Marc-Andre Fleury train unless they're able to finagle this newfound long-term injury cap space. And I, I guess that's where we can go next here is, do you think that because of the injuries that they're experiencing right now, some of the cap space that's been opened up should be used in an effort to upgrade the goaltending moving forward here? A hundred percent for me. Um, you know, the team went on a great run, and it'd be easy to say, okay, we're fixed now, and everything will be fine. But if the goaltenders, if the Oilers don't find a way to upgrade their goaltending, I really think it's going to be tough for them to be a playoff team this year. It's just preventative, in my opinion. Um, Mike Smith's a good goaltender, had a great year last year. He just has not been healthy enough to give them what I know Mike Smith is capable of. To expect that to turn around as we, you know, pass the halfway mark, start to move, you know, deeper in the season, 
uh, I think that's unrealistic at this stage, at his age. Koskinen has been well documented how he's played. And Skinner has acquitted himself nicely, but that's a big ask for a young guy. So I, I'd, I'd be shocked if they don't find a way to upgrade their goaltending. It's not going to be easy, but there are possibilities out there. What has happened in terms of accruing cap space for them is a little bit of a godsend, in my opinion. It creates the opening that they need to get a move done. It's not going to be easy because it's a complicated market right now for goaltenders. This year, more than ever, there's been a lack of goaltenders throughout the entire league. That's very abnormal. And that's certainly been tough up until this point. But I feel like it's going to change a little bit. I believe strongly that this is a buyer's market, which can't get sucked into doing anything right now because prices are still sky high. But when you look at the number of sellers versus the number of buyers, uh, it's out of whack to the point where you have to conclude buyers will do much better this year. Don't get me wrong. If a guy like Patrick Kane moves, there's always going to be an elite market for a player like that just because of his stature. But for 80% of the other guys that are traded, it could it could look similar to what happened with Robin Lehner when he moved from the Chicago Blackhawks to the Vegas Golden Knights for second rounds picks. And everybody kind of went, huh? How did that happen? It happened at the very end. The bottom dropped out, dropped out of the market, and boom, Vegas had themselves another elite goaltender. Uh, as far as Marc-Andre Fleury ending up in Vegas, I think we can almost officially stamp that out for all the fans in Edmonton. I, they're so well-educated, I'm sure they know this, but Marc-Andre Fleury being traded from Vegas to Chicago cannot be traded back to Vegas and Chicago retain money. Even though they have the space, you're not allowed to do that if the trade is within one year, which that trade is, of course. So if that were ever a possibility, and I'm not saying it is, there would have to be a third team involved to retain cap space. And in my opinion, that makes the possibility of that next to impossible in terms of the price that Vegas would end up having to pay. So there's a lot going on, a lot to unpack. These are the things general managers are thinking about. There are potential other solutions out there, but they're guys you're going to absorb a lot more risk on. In the end, I believe Ken Holland will get something good done for this team. Chatting with uh, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Great insight there as to the Oilers' goaltending situation moving forward. And I wonder, Brian, from the perspective, maybe you can give us both the general manager's perspective and that of the player agent. If you're if you're Mike Smith and you've been signed on here as sort of the guy for the next couple of years, and and Smith is a leader, we know that he's a he's a, an outward leader, and I I guess. I would like your thoughts on the conversation to be had with a goaltender to say, hey, we need, you know, somebody who can split time with you here. We need to upgrade what's what's gone on. What does that conversation sound like when you're approaching the incumbent about an upgrade? I've had a lot of conversations like that with players as an agent and a general manager. They're never easy, but there has to be a level of brutal honesty that you can't really articulate on the radio that much. Yeah, fair. But if you if, if you can't get to that, if you can't deliver bad news, if you can't be straight with players, you have no chance of connecting with them. Fortunately for Edmonton, Ken Holland has a ton of experience in this. Uh, he's done it wonderfully throughout his career, and I cannot see that being an issue for him in any way, shape, or form. But it's not fun. You know, it, it, 
you end up having conversations that are very uncomfortable with hockey players when you're a general manager in the National Hockey League. That would not be an easy one. And yet at the same time, I've always found that if you're straightforward and honest, players are professional enough to understand where you're coming from. It doesn't mean they like it, but they will accept it. One of the most consummate professionals we've come to know in the National Hockey League, Brian, is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who tonight will compete in his 700th career game, as hard as that may be to believe. Um, what have you seen from this player from the outsider's perspective and, and what he means to Edmonton from, from what you've seen? A selfless hockey player, one of those guys that you can truly win with. Um, you know, as a first pick overall, huge coming out of junior obviously uh he's a guy that's altered his game to fit the needs of the team and i think that's what makes him so valuable he's very well liked Uh, it'd be hard pressed to think of a bad word i could say about ryan nugent hopkins he just handles himself so professionally uh and he has been so selfless in playing wing at times obviously he has some great centermen to do that with dropping down and being the third-line center at times. Whatever the club has asked of him, he has done. Uh, I was thrilled to see him continue to move forward in his career with Edmonton. Uh, There certainly would have been a strong pull for him to potentially test the UFA market. That didn't happen. It says a lot about what he thinks about the city and the community there because uh, it would have been easier. And In my opinion, he would have received a higher salary to go somewhere else. And I love Edmonton too, but that does not happen very often for the Oilers. And I thought that was a really big statement for the club. One last one here for Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, and that is our neighbors to the south, Brian, capitalizing on Bob Murray's availability. They are bringing the former Ducks general manager on as a West Coast scout. I love your thoughts on, on sort of what he might be able to provide and, and uh, the, I guess, competitive advantage, perhaps, that that might leave Calgary with over Edmonton, at least in the time being. Let's get your reaction. I think Brad's been really good in this area in the past. He's got Don Maloney working with him, of course, who's a former general manager as well. Uh, I think it's great for Merck. In today's world, I think people are a lot more forgiving if you just stand up and say, I have a problem. Mm-hmm. I think Bob Murphy, uh, I think Merck did that. Murray, excuse me, not Murph. And uh, I think Bob did that. I think he was honest and transparent about a lot of things that went on there. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for him. I think he deserves it. Uh, I've known Bob for a long time. He is a good man. Um, Things go sideways sometimes. And uh, I think it's a very, very good hire for the Calgary Flames. I think he'll be able to add a lot of perspective. um, And I think you'll see the best of Bob Murray moving forward. Great stuff, Brian. Always appreciate an opportunity to talk to you. Enjoy your week, okay? Thank you very much. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network is our headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Might just be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. 12.51 in Edmonton. It is Brendan Escott on the show today. Bob should have the oil. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Call later tonight. They are in Tampa beginning this five game road trip. We'll be back to tell you more about it after this. Hi, this is Leon Dreisaitl from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. We'll keep the Lightning team going all afternoon long for you on Oilers Now, where some guests receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. Uh, we'll get you caught up on the Oilers first. Yes, a RV out four weeks or so with a lower body problem. Zach Cassian has the broken jaw. Duncan Keith, a concussion each week to week. Chris Russell is day-to-day on the injured reserve with an, uh, I believe it's an upper body issue. Kyle Turris has a back problem. So this has all resulted in a little bit more salary cap room than was originally thought. If these, say, the Cassian injury or Pugliarvi's injury ends up stretching a little bit longer, maybe you can allocate some of those dollars to improving the goaltending situation. Only time will tell there. As far as the Lightning go, as if they needed the help, they are at a full bill of health. Save for Zach Bogosian, who uh, is part of that excellent decor down there. Bogosian won't dress tonight, but that's it. Otherwise, they are fully healthy. Around the league, Coyotes forward uh, Andrew Ladd out four to six weeks with a lower body issue. And former Oiler Jujar Kara will miss the rest of the season 10 to 12 weeks following back surgery. Tonight, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is 700th game. We've been talking about that. 515 career points in 699 career games. Four-time 20-goal scorer. And, uh, you know, as you've been picking up from the guests over the course of the show today, the coach talking about him, his teammates talking about him, he's really invaluable. So the fact that he chose to spend his career as an oiler is obviously quite meaningful. We talked a lot about that when he signed, and you've been seeing it even more so now that he started centering this third line with Warren Fogle and Derek Ryan. And that mix has been well, it's been excellent because I think that Fogle's getting the setup passes that he was unable to convert on before. You've got an 
there's very few centers in the league with the vision of Nuge. Sometimes we forget that because of who he plays with, but he's incredibly talented as a passer, and I think Vogel's really benefited from that, and so is Derek Ryan. But Derek Ryan also really compliments Ryan Nugent Hopkins' game on the defensive side of things, where you can have Ryan as a right shot slide over and take a face-off, or just the wily 35-year-old veteran knowing to stay high in the zone and, and maybe eliminate that odd man rush that we've seen a lot of in the last, well, certainly against Minnesota, but, you know, those have been watching Tyson Berry very closely, for example, or Evan Bouchard in recent weeks. And there's been some pretty high danger turnovers, some pretty ugly chances going the other direction. We'll talk to David Staples about that coming up on the other side of a global news weather traffic update, uh, maybe reset the lines in hour number two, and then we should have some time for your text messages as well before we get into it uh, with our NHL insider, John Shannon, after the 1.30 news. Again, it's Brendan Escott filling in today on Oilers Now. Bob taking the afternoon off. He'll be back at it this evening when the Oilers and Lightning square off in the Sunshine State. Until then, we'll step out for the headlines back in a few minutes on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.